We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Will Levy, recorded at Equippers Church, Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipperschurch.com. All right. Can we pray? Awesome. Father, we thank you that you are a great God, loving God, merciful God, a forgiving God. And Lord, tonight as we minister, as you minister, Lord, as we open up the Word of God, the living, breathing Bible, would you come and minister into our hearts? I thank you, Lord, that we can lift up holy hands and worship to you, Jesus. We can come into this place in honor of your name and honor of who you are in our lives as our Lord and Savior. But Lord, you're doing something in our lives. And Lord, we want to continue to give you our lives, every part of it. And Lord, there's areas that we need to work on. There's areas that we need to hand over to you. And so Lord, help us. Give us the grace and the courage tonight to step into all that you're calling us to be. And so Holy Spirit, I pray right now for every person in this room, for every person in the foyer, every person in the parents' room, every kid out in Christ, every young child out in kids' church tonight. Holy Spirit, would you minister to them? I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, it's, it's good. We're in a new series tonight. We're started. Oh, thanks, team. Didn't give them a hand. Awesome. You guys will be back in around 20-something-odd minutes. You'll be right. Maybe earlier. See what happens. Uh, we're starting a new series this morning. We started it, and it's called Inside Out. Who, who, who likes the outside of themselves? Who likes the inside of themselves? You don't have to reply. You don't have to put your hand up. But uh, a lot of us, you know, when, when it comes to our life and it comes to who we are, what's on the outside sometimes doesn't correspond on what's on the inside. And this is what I'm talking about, our character. I'm talking about how we respond, how we react. Uh, you know, just, just ask yourself the question, if you got cut off on the way to church driving here, how did you react? <laughs> yeah, if, <laughs> some of us are more truthful than others. Uh, if something happens, uh, I shared this morning, I'm a, uh, I'm a qualified builder and I've, I've, I've hit my thumb a number of times and I've responded with the name of the Lord, but probably not in the way of praise. More of the name way of blasphemy, but you know I've even shot myself with a nail gun and and pinned my knee together like this. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad, and it stuck. It went in about sixty mil. And so there's some interesting words responding to that situation. And the worst part about it was a I I, I pinned the I don't know tendons ligaments together, so I couldn't straighten my leg. And uh, and uh, so the funny story, just as my, my boss was taking me to Wellington Hospital because we weren't sure how to, what we should be doing with it. Next, next time, if you're a build, just pull it straight out, don't worry. Yeah. But uh, I had my leg like this, and, and uh, I got cramp in my hamstring. <laughs> like, everyone knows the only way to get rid of that is by stretching leg. I couldn't stretch my leg. And so and I'm going into Wellington Hospital. There's no ramp. It's steps. I'm hopping up the steps, and I bang the nail in a little bit further. It's like, but, but I'm getting cramp in my leg, and so my boss is round behind me, massaging my leg. <laughs> and I'm like, oh! <laughs> anyway, I don't know why I just shared that story, but... 
It's about how we respond it's, as what's on the inside comes out. And, and uh, I know now, just from experience, if you ever shoot yourself with a nail gun, just pull it out straight away. Maybe not if it's around the head, but hey. <laughs> anyway, but uh, we respond, we react to different circumstances. Maybe something happens to you in life and, 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 and it hurts. Not just physically, but emotionally, it hurts. Someone might say something or, or a, a loved one or a family member might do something and, and, and you get hurt, you get broken. But this is why we're here and this is why we're doing this series called Inside Out. Because the more we can let Jesus do stuff on the inside of us, the outside of us is going to glow even more. The outside of us is going to be able to shine brighter for Jesus. Because, you know, I've heard this phrase before, hurt people hurt people. But I believe loved people love people. And so tonight, let's just continue to say, you know what? I want to I be a person that loves. I want to be a person on the inside that just knows the love of God, knows who they are in Jesus. Our character is so important. And uh, we're talking about one of my favorite topics tonight. I love this topic. And it's called courage. Who likes Courage. I believe tonight God wants to put courage inside of you. Uh, I, I remember I shared earlier when I, was, uh, I played rugby, I uh, went from the age of 13 through the age to, of 30, and um, I went to high school, came straight out of high school, and um, I was playing senior rugby in Wellington as a, as a 17, 18-year-old, and there were some pretty ginormous guys in the rugby division that we were playing in, and uh, I, I had to get some courage. When these guys are running at you, you're either, you're either going to step out of the way and look like a turkey, <laughs> or, or you've got to pluck up some courage and you've got to give this tackle a, a crack. And I don't know how many times I, I got defended. I don't know how many times I got bumped off and fell to the ground, but there was a time when I started making the tackles. There was a time where I started not missing tackles, and it, and it just came from a start of having some courage to make the first tackle. Even though I got bumped off, even though I got fended, even though I got hurt, I still kept getting up and making those tackles. And then suddenly, I started getting those tackles, and, and I started enjoying playing rugby a whole lot more. But I want to say tonight, God wants you to make a tackle, and don't worry about whether you get bumped off or not. It's okay, you just get up again, brush yourself off, and, and, and go again, wait for the next thing. But I believe tonight God wants to release courage into your heart and into your life. I love this topic because my favorite verse is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, which says, Let us not, not neglect meeting together to encourage one another, to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. I love meeting together. I love encouraging people. And it's what we're believing for the day of the Lord's returning or when we go to be with Jesus. But I want to live a life in a world of encouragement, of stirring and putting courage into people's hearts and their lives. And so tonight, I believe God wants to restore courage. Amen. I believe God wants to minister into your heart. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 11 I know I'm going to use some of the scriptures I used this morning, but it says this. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character 
produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring you much glory and praise to God. May you always be filled with the fruit. What we're talking about here is, is, is areas of our life, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control. Be filled with the fruit that God produces in our life through faith in Jesus Christ. Here's the thing, though, just in the natural when it comes to fruit, our life also can get a little bit rotten, amen? It's like, ah, unfortunately. Uh, you know, who knows the banana? Everyone knows a banana. In the natural, you see this banana, and if it's green, it's a little bit pre, it's a, it's a little bit, it's too firm, really. It is too firm. And uh, you gotta wait for it to get a little bit more bright yellow. Once it gets bright yellow, it's firm and it's sweet. And when it gets that, that, that little bit, you know, that yellowy yellow, it's soft and, you know, when it gets to that yellowy brown on the outside, just don't even peel that thing. Just don't let it go. Don't, don't even get there, you know. It's, but, and, and it's the same, like, when in our life where we have the fruit, there's love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, self-control. Sometimes some of that stuff in our life is real good, and sometimes it gets my, through hurts, through pains, through disappointments, and the, the color of the fruit in our life can change. And, you know, I shared this morning, there's the avocado. The avocado is the undercover assassin of fruit. It always looks good. Always looks good on the outside, unless it's one of those green ones. But if it's one of the black ones on the outside, it, that thing just looks good. But it's not until you cut into it do you figure out whether it's green or whether it's brown. You know, even our, even our lives can be like that. We can have it all together on the outside. We can look good on the outside, but inside we're all mushed up. We're, we're, all, we're all confused. We're unsure of who we are. And there's, there's, we can't, we're not producing the fruit that our righteous character that comes from Jesus Christ. Tonight, I want to encourage you and put courage into your heart. Amen. Let, let's, let's know. I want to tell you right from the start, you are amazing. You are called by God. You might say, Pastor, me? Yes, you. And as much as repeating what I said this morning, let's play the game, who stole the cookie from the cookie jar? Who, me? Yes, you. Couldn't be. No, it was you. It's time to steal the cookie from the cookie jar. It's time to say, you know what? I am awesome in God's eyes. I have been fearfully and wonderfully made. I have been created in the image of God. I can walk in courage in my life. I can stand up for what I believe in my life. Amen. I like it. I like Joseph, great character in the Bible and, and more out of Genesis and there to the end of the book of Genesis, how Joseph gets sold by his brothers into slavery, moves into um, uh, Potiphar's household, captain of the guards, does really well there, but then gets accused of rape and gets sent to the prison, and in the prison does well there, and then translates some dreams, comes out to Pharaoh's house, and again translates some dreams. All through this time, you read in Genesis, absolutely no whinging. Yeah. No whinging, nothing. He's like, just Joseph's the man. He, he doesn't moan, he doesn't do this. I'm like, God, this is just not fair. How can there be someone this awesome? 
And then you read in Psalm 105, verse 19, it says, Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. And it's not about being jealous of who he is, but what it is, what I'm saying tonight is that everyone's got areas in their life that their character needs to be tested. And it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing because Jesus is testing you to build your character and then he's going to, and he will use you. Amen. Um, let's get, I like, I like Braveheart the movie. Who likes Braveheart? I just love it. I used to be able to quote it off by heart. I haven't watched it for a little while. Maybe we need to do an e-group on Braveheart. <laughs> but uh, William Wallace is talking to Robert the Bruce and he says this, he says, men don't follow titles. They follow courage. I, I want to follow courage. I want to have courage. I want to lead with courage. Oh, I, you know, I, I, love, I love different people, different sports captains. When they're speaking, they talk about how they just put it all on the line. And they have courage to go out and go again. You know, like um, one of the, one, here's another quote from Winston Churchill. Fear is a reaction. Courage is a decision. We can react and be fearful, but let's have courage as, as a decision. Now, I'm going to stand up. I am going to be who God has called me to be. I'm going to stand and have courage in my life. Another couple of quotes as we go on. It says this, one of the, mo the happiest moments in life is when you find the courage to let go of what you can't change. What does that mean? There's stuff that might have happened to you in your life. There's stuff that you might have done in your life. You, might, you can't change it, but you can let go of it. You can forgive yourself, and you can forgive others. You can, that, when you have the courage to do that, honor yourself and honor others, that's going to be one of the happiest days of your life because you can let go of stuff. Um, Dr. Brené Brown says this, You can choose courage or you can choose comfort but you can't choose both. That's a shame, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> that is a shame. Because we like being comfortable. But comf when we're comfortable, there's often that we're just not doing all that we're called to do. And I want to put courage into us. You know what? I'm going to be, I'm going to have courage in my life. I want to share Real quickly, there's, two, there's, there's, there's a few stories in the Bible tonight, but in Matthew chapter 14, it talks about when Jesus came to the disciples on the, walking on water, and they're having this conversation. They think it's a ghost, but it's not a ghost. It's Jesus, and, and this is when Peter jumps out of the boat as well and walks on water. But I love the response that Jesus gave. It was this, take courage, I am here. He says, take courage, I am here. Guess what? Tonight, you can take courage because Jesus is here. He's here tonight to give out as much courage as you want. And the great thing about it is we read on in the Bible and there's another time when the disciples and Jesus are crossing the Sea of Galilee again and the wind gets up, the storm gets up, but this time Jesus is already in the boat and, and the disciples go and wake him up 
and say, Lord, Lord, and, and Jesus prays again, and the storm comes. The great thing about this is when you ask Jesus to have courage in your life, he'll get into your boat, and when he's in your boat and the next storm comes along, you'll be able to call on him again and call on him again and call on him again. You know what I mean? I'm trying to get this through this fast because I want to get to the next part of the message. But I reckon tonight, come on, take courage. God wants to give you courage. He's got all, I love Ephesians chapter 1. He's got every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. I share this all the time. But we just got to take it. Take it. You know, I feel like getting into that whole, I, I, I can't remember if it's gladiator or not. It's, I think it's Achilles in uh, Troy. He's like, seize the day, take it, it's yours. Or something, I can't remember the motion here. You should have thought about it a little bit more. But he's like, take it, it's yours. You know, some of us will be more keen to pick up 50 cents off the ground. All found 50 cents. <laughs> but the Lord's handing out courage. He's saying, oh, man, I don't get as much as I can at that. The problem is, when we're talking about courage, it means we have to be courageous. <laughs> That's the hard part. But when Jesus is handing it out, let's take it and receive it. I want to go to two passages in the Bible tonight in Matthew. Uh, one's Matthew chapter 26. And uh, we'll read this one and then we'll go to Matthew uh, chapter, oh no, sorry, John chapter 21. And this is a passage of scripture that a lot of people, um, a lot of people know and a lot of people know well. Because it's about someone who didn't have courage. It's about someone, well, this is what the story shows. It's about someone who walked with Jesus, but then when it came to it, needed courage but didn't have courage. Well, that's at least what I think 90% of us read. But let's read this. In Matthew chapter 26, so the New Testament, first book of the, of the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 26, verses 69, and it says this, Meanwhile, Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. Oh, I've got it around the wrong way, sorry. Oh, no. There we go. Wrong way around. There we go. Um, where's it going? Oh, no, that's right. Meanwhile, Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A servant girl came over and said to him, you are one of those with Jesus, the Galilean. But Peter denied it in front of everyone. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Later on, by the gate, another servant girl noticed him and said to those standing around, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, Peter denied it. This time with an oath. I don't even know the man, he said. A little later, some of the other bystanders came over to, to Peter and said, you must be one of them. We can tell by your Galilean accent. Peter swore a curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. So a lot of us will know this passage of scripture and, or, or have heard about it, how how Jesus even is having a conversation with Peter and says, you know what, before the end of the night, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And we read this passage of Scripture, 
And we think, Peter, Peter, pumpkin eater, what's going on? <laughs> we think, Peter, where, what's happening here? And, uh, and, and we read this and we think, man, he was just a wuss bag. He just denied Jesus. What's going on? That's how I read it. This is how I've grown up reading it. This is how we read the story. And, and, and this is how a lot of people preach on it. And they don't pay Peter out or anything like that. But, but we read it. We're thinking, man, Peter just denied Jesus three times in this situation. And I think this is amazing. But I, I wonder exactly how Peter was feeling. I wonder what he was going through in that time, in that pressure, in that circumstance, in that situation. And, and before we pay Peter out, maybe we even could align our lives with some of the situations that Peter's been going through before we can give, pay him out a little bit and say, Peter, come on, you just need to take some courage and harden up. Maybe tonight we can actually relate, say, you know, actually, there's been areas that I might have denied Jesus. There's been areas that maybe I have stuffed up as well. But here's the great thing about it that I want to tell you as we read the scripture again. It says this. I just think this is amazing because I want you to get this in your spirit as well. Because even though we stuff up and even though we might deny Christ in certain times or you know, a friend might ask us, Oh, what did you do on Sunday? Nothing. Okay, cool. But actually we came to church, worshipped your Lord. Uh, the great thing about this is, uh, listen, just watch, just listen. It says, this, a servant girl came over and said to him, you were one of those with Jesus, the Galilean. I want to tell you the first thing tonight that Jesus wants to tell you, he says this, is that you show him off. How did, how did the girl know that Peter was with Jesus? Something about him. There was something different about Peter. There was something in his mannerism, something in his attitude, something was going on. I don't know what it is, but the girl was able to tell that he used to, uh, he, he was with Jesus. I want you not to let that go tonight. I want you to know that people can tell you have been with Jesus. Even though your response may have been in some cases that you've, you haven't st stood up for him, people can still see that you've been with Jesus. And that's a good thing tonight. People want you, I want you to know it's a good thing. You don't have to have it all together because no one's got it all together. But we can take some courage and go, you know what? At least they know that I've been with Jesus. At least, at least tonight they can tell that I've been with Jesus. Again, a similar, similar response that says this later on. By the gate, another servant girl noticed him and said to those standing there, uh, this was the man with Jesus. Again, we might not get it all right each time, but at least they know that your character, at least they know there's something about you that has been with Jesus. And I want you to know tonight, that's what Jesus wants you to know. It doesn't matter if you muck up. It doesn't matter if you get it wrong. People, he's still going to use you. He still loves you. He's still called you. He's still got a grace on your life. He still wants to be with you. I love the next part. And it goes, you must be one of them. We can tell by your Galilean accent. I reckon all of us tonight need to know you've got an accent from heaven. 
All of you have got an accent from heaven, whether you've been a Christian for two seconds or you've been a Christian for your entire life. Come on, let's believe that we've got an accent from heaven. Our language uh, honors God. Our, our lives honors, honors God. There's something about us that you can pick up the accent. Everyone knows that Australian accent. Oh, yeah, mate. You just... No, we love our Australian neighbors. But you know, you know the accent. <laughs> when you shift to the UK, you love your Australian neighbours. And everyone else is against the South Africans and English. That's, you know, no, anyway, another long story. Right. But there's an accent. You carry an accent of heaven. Peter carried an accent of heaven. It was the accent of the Galileans and that was the culture and the people of who Jesus was and hung around with. But you carry an accent tonight. You carry an accent. And here's the thing. When we go through life, there's always going to be stuff that holds us back. And if we can put First Timothy, sorry, Second Tim Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 up on the screen, this is one of the things we always, we can struggle with. It says this, I remind you to fan into flames the gifts that your grandmother Lois and Eunice have placed in your life when they laid hands on you. And it goes on. I don't have it out, but it says this. It goes on. Paul says, I, I want you to fan into flames the gifts that God has placed on your life. For God has not given you a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. See, the greatest thing about Peter is he, he, he hadn't had the, he didn't have the Holy Spirit in him then. The Holy Spirit hadn't been released. Jesus was walking with us at that time. But now uh, it goes on, and now we see in Acts chapter 3, Peter stands up and preaches to the, the, to the crowds, and the Holy Spirit moves through him because after the Holy Spirit had been given, there was power in it. And I want to say tonight, God wants to release that courage into your heart. God wants to release that confidence back into your spirit. We don't need to keep coming up against being fearful. We don't need to keep coming up about being uh, intimidated or timid. Amen. Who would like to live in a place where, where fear doesn't live anymore? You know, what's, what's that program? Uh, fear Factor. I like some of those programs. It's like you got to go and, you know, hang upside down from a helicopter and grab 10 flags and all that sort of stuff. I, I, give me that job. I'm happy with that. Ask me to put my hand in a bucket of spiders? Heck no. <laughs> but see, there's going to be different things in life where you're going to be challenged in fear, not just hanging, hanging upside down from a helicopter grabbing flags, but I'm talking about areas in your life that God's going to challenge you on, areas on your life that the, the devil's going to test you on. But let's, let's say fear is not a factor for us tonight, just to bring a little bit of American cheese into this place. But let's, let's go... With God, let's not have a spirit of fear and timidity. I don't want people to live with a spirit of fear or timidity. 
but he wants you to know tonight he's given you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. If the music team can jump up, because I want to spend some time tonight praying for those who would like to be prayed for. See, in that scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it talks about how they laid hands on and they ignited something in their heart. Tonight, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're in this place and you just know there's an areas of your life that you just need courage in, we'll welcome you in, in a little while when the song and we, and we sing. You can come down the front and, and our team is ready to pray. We're ready to pray, pray and just release courage into your heart, release courage into your spirit, stand with you where you might be fearful, stand with you where intimidation might be coming against you. But we believe in the Holy Spirit, power of God. Amen. Amen. See, the, the greatest thing about Jesus is He never gives up on you. <laughs> he never gives up. See, I love, I just love this. I love this, this passage that I'm about to read because if you get it, you're going to get it in a great way to articulate things. It says this, Later Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there, and Simon, Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and the two other disciples. See, Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. The thing about this was that's what he used to do before he followed Jesus. And he's just gone back to the very thing that Jesus called him out of. But here's the thing is, a lot of us do this. Something happens and we get knocked down. We get disappointed, we get hurt. And so we run back to the the very thing that brings us comfort. But you can't have courage or comfort. We've got to have one or the other. And, and Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they said. So they went out on the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, this is after the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. And then he said to them, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. I want to tell you tonight, it's the Lord. For some of you, you need to hear that in your spirit. The Lord's here for you. He's at the beach. He's calling your name. doesn't matter where you might feel like Peter. He, Imagine what Peter's feeling like. He's, com- he's, he's journeyed with Jesus. He's been the main companion. And he has even this discussion with Jesus. I'll oh, stand up, I'll fight for you. And Jesus turns around before the rooster crows tonight. You're going to deny me three times. Goes through that evening, gets challenged three times, and he hears the rooster crow. How do you reckon Peter would be feeling? I reckon some of us in this room know how Peter's feeling. 
probably feel like you've disappointed the Lord. Probably feel like you've messed up. Probably feel like, oh, I'm no one. Why would God want to use me? I couldn't stand up for Him in the first place. Why would He use me again? And all these tricks and all these games start getting played in your head like you have to be perfect. I love this conversation. The, the disciples Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that, it was the Lord. He put on his tunic for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water and headed to shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the Lord net, the loaded net sorry, to the shore for they were only about 100 yards from the shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them. Fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you've caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to shore. There were 153 large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. He says this, now come and have some breakfast. Jesus said, none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to the disciples since he had been raised from the dead. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. And he says this, then feed my lambs. Jesus told him, sorry, then feed my lamb, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated this question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I've always, I've heard so many people preach on this scripture and um, I'm not bringing any interpretation to their message tonight. But you know, one of the reasons, there's many different reasons on why Jesus and Peter had this discussion. We can preach on why he used lambs first and then sheep and then other sheep and then all this stuff and there's even the Greek words for love and there's different words for love and that Jesus preached was talking in this undeniable, unfailing love, but Peter was replying in this brotherly love type way. And all of that's true. All of that, and you can dive into that as much as you want. But you know, one of the greatest things about this scripture is sometimes it's not about what Jesus needs to hear. It's about what you need to hear. It's about what you need to hear your reply. Peter needed to hear the words coming out of his mouth. Because the last time he talked about Jesus, the words that came out of his mouth were, no, I don't know. But Jesus restores him by saying, what do you, what do you call me? What, what do, you, do you love me? He says, yes, I love you. So going from a place of, no, I don't know you, Jesus, to yes, Jesus, I love you. 
See, God's not giving you a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. But we're all going to go through different areas in life. But it's time to go, you know what, Jesus? You're here. I want to take courage from you. I want to know you. Even though I've messed up, even though I might have disappointed you, even though I might have been done this, I want, I want to, I just want to know you again, Lord. And Jesus is here. Uh, he's ready to have breakfast again. Amen. He, he's ready, he's there, he's ready tonight to say, you know what? Just tell me you love me. It's, it's not some magical thing. But Jesus led Peter to a place where he said it three times. You know, Lord, I love you. Even to the point where Peter gets a little bit hurt. I mean, it's a good thing. Getting to a point where we can say, you know what, Lord? I can't say it any other way. I can't say it with any more passion. I can't say it with any more love. Jesus, I love you. Just getting to a point like that tonight and saying, you know what, Lord, I just love you. Doesn't matter that I denied you. What matters is about moving forward. And I love the conversation because it all also involves a commission. Not just a promise, but... But Jesus says, okay, then if you love me, then feed my sheep. Okay, then if you love me, then feed my lambs. Okay, then if you love me, then feed my sheep. Tonight, I believe that God wants to recommission some of you. Some of you where you've felt hurt and you've felt pain, even to a point where you feel like you've disappointed Jesus. He still loves you. And just like He wants to, He restored Peter, He wants to restore you as well. If you feel like you've, you've lost courage, because the Bible talks about where people lose courage. I want to say, take courage tonight. Get courage from God tonight. Let Him, let him love you even more. And so as we, we're going to sing this song, Sinking Deeper, because it's a great song of just moving and letting God sink deep into you and, and you standing before the Lord and letting Him love you. But don't let condemnation hold you back. Don't let doubt hold you back. We'll take courage tonight and say, Lord, Lord, I need your courage. I need you. I need you. I need you. I love you, Lord. I love you, God. I love you. And get to a point where tonight there's something getting stirred in your heart, just like in Timothy. Thank you for listening to this message recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.